Hey y'all, this is Mallory Irvin and it's time for all of us to live fully. It's so important in this crazy world of ours that we stay connected, inspired, and motivated to be and do our best. And that's not always easy. I'm here with my guests and friends to share the stories and lessons we've learned to help you live your best life every day and truly begin living fully. Let's make it happen and get started with today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Living Fully Podcast. I am so excited to bring you this episode today with Rachel Cruz. You know, a lot of us during the pandemic have changed a lot in our lives. And from things that I've seen on social media and things that I've heard from my followers, one of those things is money, how we spend our money, how we want to get out of debt or save more money. Whatever it is, a lot of people are wanting to make real changes. And I brought Rachel Cruz on today to talk about this and a lot of the why behind we do the things that we do that keep us in these spirals with our money. And this podcast, you guys, is so amazing and I think it's going to change a lot of people's lives. So let me introduce Rachel Cruz in case you guys don't know who Rachel is. Rachel Cruz is a two-time number one national best-selling author, financial expert, and host of The Rachel Cruz Show. Since 2010, Rachel has served at Ramsey Solutions, where she teaches people to avoid debt, to save money, to budget, and just basically how to win with money at any stage in life. She's authored three best-selling books, including Love Your Life, Not Theirs, Smart Money, Smart Kids, which she co-wrote with her dad, Dave Ramsey, which I'm sure you guys have heard about Dave Ramsey, and her latest book that we'll talk about today, Know Yourself, Know Your Money, Discover Why You Handle Money the Way You Do and What to Do About It, and that one just released in January 2021 and was a New York Times bestseller. She just found that out, and we talk about that today. You guys have probably seen Rachel on social media. She has a very active Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, and um, you can also find her online at rachelcruz.com. I'm going to link that all below in the description of this podcast. But here we go. I'm so excited to bring you guys this episode. So let's get to it. All right, here I am with Rachel Cruz. Hi. Hi, Mallory. Um, (laughs) Thanks for having me back. Of course. (laughs) So the last time Rachel was at my house, we both waddled into this um, office of mine with our big bellies. Okay, so you had... Your son, what, a month after I had Shepard, right? Yes, because I remember messaging you on Instagram because you had had, you had had Shepard. And I was like, Mallory, I'm so jealous right now. Get this baby out of me. You were jealous. <laughs> yes, and we were both like, well, that's what, she came into my door just now. And I was like, well, look at you. Like, you've, she's just skinny as a ray. I lost, lost all her weight. Looks the same as she did before. And Stop. people look at me like, mm, is she or isn't she? Still, I still got you, the look. Whatever. You look banging. <laughs> You You are sweet. And we're going to talk about so many different things today, but the way that you talk about life and money and the things that you spend your money on, they're much different than the way that a lot of people are used to hearing your dad, Dave Ramsey, talk about money and other people like on your team talk about money because you're still like a woman that (laughs) likes things. You like light fixtures. You like carpet. You like certain cars you like you you just Wait, so my husband always are. laughs because he's like if I just let you go you would just be like capital B bougie Rachel. Like, I know it's in me it is in me but I've had a good journey through 
through money and the emotional side of money and all of that. So I, f- I feel like it's in a good place. But here's the deal. You can have fun with it, you right? So with it. I think a lot of people think the Ramsey brands, they think like, oh, I just have to drive this beater car. And they'll be like, look, Rachel, are you proud of me? And I'm like, well, I am if that's the car you're driving uh-huh. to get out of debt and to sacrifice. But when you like get the great Mercedes, then call mm-hmm. me and be like, Rachel, do you love it? Because yes. you're like, yes, you paid cash for it. That's what I love. Uh-huh. You know? uh-huh. So yep. it's, it's not that, yeah, you can't have great stuff but mm-hmm. it's that you just don't want your stuff to have you. I think I said right. that last time on the uh, podcast. That, I like true. how you just said that. Yeah, that's very true. And I love it that you are teaching people who are uncomfortable talking about money, whether, you, and we're talking talking about money, whether you have a billion dollars or negative 100,000, right. 200, right. 300,000 yeah. dollars, because it's kind of all the same. The behaviors around money, it's all the same. You're exactly right. Yeah, it, it's an amazing thing because like you said, I'm like people... They get uncomfortable with it because I think it's a really, it's a vulnerable topic Mm -hmm. because out of any area of our lives, money has a number. Like Mm -hmm. if I say, oh, I'm a great wife, nobody knows what that means, Mm -hmm. you know, or like I'm a pretty good mom, but I'm kind of struggling this season. There's not a number to that. Like no Uh one knows, but your money, I mean, there is a number to it. And so people's- That is a good way to put it. And so what's happened in our culture is that people's net worth has become their self-worth. So the people that make a negative hundred thousand, you know, or that have a negative hundred thousand dollars because of student loans and they're in the deficit, that becomes shameful and Mm -hmm. guilt and guilt ridden. People that have a billion dollars, some of them think, oh, well, I can fit, I, I, I don't need anything. This is my happiness. This mm-hmm. is what I need. And they live like a rat in a wheel for the rest of their life. But there's mm-hmm. also people that have a billion dollars that say, hey, money's not my identity. It's not my yeah. self-worth. But man, I get to do a lot of fun things with my family and I get to help a lot of people. Mm. And then the one that has, you know, negative $100,000 yeah. student loans, some of them are guilt-ridden. Some of them say, this is not going to, I'm not going to stay here. Mm-hmm. I have the opportunity to make changes in my yeah. life and do something different. So, yeah. so it is so the way you look at it, that, that number does not to define, does not have to define. Yeah. And it's like, I think in your book, what do you say? It's 80% behavior and like 20% like your personal knowledge, like around what something I read yes. and it was about how it was like 80% like your behavior around money that influences like your money outcome. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, um, that's, that's so interesting and so true. And, and I love your journey to know yourself, know your money, by the way, congratulations on your New York times bestseller. <laughs> this just happened. I feel it in my own life as a person that was always very conscious about money and the goals that I had and what I wanted to do. Uh, I always thought about it. It was never something that I didn't think about, but a lot of people during the pandemic that I guess, you know, here we are still, talking pandemic-y, it changed the way people looked at money in good ways and bad ways. I think a lot of people, they realize, oh, shoot, I don't need the lashes or the nails, and I don't need a highlight every six weeks. I don't actually <laughs> have to go out to eat every weekend to be happy. Okay. It helped a lot of people not to spend money, but also people weren't making money. So it was like there was a lot of fear and freaking out, and I read that in, in your book, and, and I've heard you talk about how you even looked at your husband, and you were like, you know, I got all my, you're like, I got all my debt paid off and I got money in the bank. And you looked over and you're like, are we going to be okay? It's like, it, it made people very fearful. Yes, it did. It, it's, and money is a weird thing. I'm like, there's like the tactical side of money. And I think that's probably statistically speaking where majority of people, their fear came from. I mean, 40% of Americans couldn't cover a $400 emergency in cash. Mm-hmm. And so if you're one of those 40% and you're furloughed or you lose a job, yeah, there's a tactical fear. Like I have to have money coming in to pay my bills, right? Like I have to put food on the table and that fear is very real for a lot of people. But then there was the emotional side of money and that's really where my fear tapped into. And it was crazy, Mallory, because I'm like, 
it's not logical. And I'm a pretty logical person. I go to more logic than emotion first. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes feel like a man in yeah. the marriage because I'm like, <laughs> I like, I'm like, we'll just get done. I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I just go logic so easily. And so when I had that fear, those couple of nights where I'm like, it's not logical. Like, you know, Winston and I have been doing the plan for a decade now. And so thankfully it, it works. So mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're okay. Logically speaking, but this weird fear of like, what if the market crashes and, mm-hmm. and it's all gone? Like, what if we have to sell our house and move? So like, what if, what if, and you know, at the end of the day, like that was, it was a spiritual, it was a spiritual question for me because mm-hmm. I realized I had probably put so much stock mm-hmm. in my money to the point yeah. that I was like, man, if that foundation was shaken, I wish I had said, no, my faith would, my faith was stronger. But in those moments of fear, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, wow. So it was a convicting time for me. Yeah. But for a lot of people, again, it was, it was the tactical side of money that was fearful and the emotional side. Yes. Yes. And, and too, I also, as a person of strong faith, I always like to say, well, I'm a person of strong faith. Like I, I know what I believe. And I, it, it, but then like you get down to it sometimes in those fear spirals and you, you forget all about it. And you forget about the facts at the same time. And I was just looking, I was trying to find that um, stat that you just said, because I th- when I read that, I was like, what? Before COVID, 79% of Americans were living paycheck to paycheck and 40% couldn't cover the $400 emergency with cash yes. if they had it. Yeah. So of course, when people's places of work are shutting down, they're like, oh my gosh, what what am I going to do? Oh yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah that's it, was, very... it was the health crisis. And the financial crisis. Yes. I mean, it really was. It was both. So in a lot of ways, I feel like it's shifted people's perceptions. And here we are still in the new year. And I've heard you talk too about like a, a ton of people's New Year's resolution this year is to get out of debt. Mm-hmm. And so can you just tell us a little bit about, because I know the story of, of your journey of how you went to therapy. You're like finding yourself out. It's making you <laughs> yeah. a better wife and a better mom. And you're like, oh, wait, but this applies to money. Uh, this is my next book. So tell me about that in your own life and, and why you decided to make a book out of it. Yes. Well, for, you know, 10 plus years, I've been talking about the how-to of money, right? Mm-hmm. So here's how you budget. Here's how you get out of debt. Here's how you save. Here's how you invest. Here's how you refinance. Here's how you give. Here's the how. And like you said earlier, personal finance, it's 80% behavior. It's only 20% head knowledge. And so that how, those principles are crucial to winning. You have to understand how money works. So that is a big part, or that's a part of it. But the bulk of it, it is us, Mallory. Mm -hmm. Like when you look in the mirror, that person you're staring back at, they're the one that decides, are you actually going to put these things into practice? Mm -hmm. And our behavior is so strong. Like that feeling part of our brain versus the thinking part, it's so strong. And so I'm like, okay. I want to understand that. So yeah, about probably three or four years ago, I like within like a 90 day period, I was in like a few counseling sessions and then I had taken the Enneagram and it was reading all about that. And I was like, what? Like all uh-huh. these layers of me. And then I read the book, The Birth Order because I'm a middle child. And I was like, how did that affect my who I am? I mean, like I was just all of this discovery where I was realizing, man, I'm just a complex person. We all are. So many parts of our lives shape who we are. And so through that, one day I thought, okay, how does this affect my money and how I handle money? And I laugh because I've said it all the time, but it's true. I'm like, I ended up in this like black hole where I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> your upbringing, your fears, your dreams, your personality, your tendencies, like all of these things shape your behavior, that 80% of your money. And so I thought, man, if you can just acknowledge that, because some of the things are not bad, right? right. It, it is what it is and that's fine. 
but the but the bad money habits that you do have, you say, well, I am coping by spending money. Oh, well, I do find an unhealthy security in money. And so I do hoard mm-hmm. versus give. Like, like we can see these unhealthy patterns. And when you can start to see those and change those, you become healthier overall when it yeah. comes to money. And I believe you win financially. When mm-hmm. you start to have great money habits, money doesn't control you at that point. You actually yeah. control it. You were talking about, I heard you talk about somewhere where you were like, uh, you, you were talking about during the pandemic and you were on Amazon all the time, weren't we all? Yes. I was, I bought, I wonder how much money I spent on Amazon. Oh, Lord girl. Knows. Oh my gosh. It's so bad. I, um, I heard you say, you were talking about that. Is it comparative spending? Comparison spending? Yeah. Comparison spending. Where you said, you know, why, why am I doing this? Why am I buying all these things off Amazon? Why am I buying the 20th pair of earrings or shoes or whatever? And you said, you're talking about this thing called comparison spending. And you said, if nobody saw this purchase, would I still buy it? Yes. And I was like, whoa, whoa, that's a big one. Yeah. It gets to the root. I mean, because spending money is so interesting. I'm like, we all have coping mechanisms in our life, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you, you grow up, whether it's a quote unquote great family or a quote unquote dysfunctional family, like however you grew up, mm-hmm. we all learn how to survive our environment. So Mm -hmm. we learn coping mechanisms, defense mechanisms. We bring in all of these things to protect ourselves as a, as a child. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is we, we keep those coping mechanisms into adulthood. And until we can recognize that we have these behaviors. And so money is very much a coping mechanism Mm -hmm. for a lot of people, right? You can have, you know, for some people it's, it's, um, it's gambling for some people it's alcohol Mm -hmm. for, you know, but like, it's like this place you go just to feel a sense of peace and relaxation. Mm -hmm. And so, for, for people, it's money. And so, mm-hmm. and, and that's, I mean, I'm, I have my hand raised. Like that can be me. And that was me during the pandemic where mm-hmm. I thought, Rachel, why am I spending this? And during that period, it was because I was bored yeah, or, or kind of stressed or I don't know. I, I don't even know what, you know, so I had or to, just the ambiguity of like, Ugh. we don't know what's going on, but I can control this. Yeah. I can control this. Mm-hmm. Like, and so that, that was one part of my spending, but also as probably an Enneagram three, probably we're probably the one number that like this shines the brightest for is yes, what am I, why, why do I want those shoes? Or why do I want that? Is it because someone else is, is going to see it? Yeah, is mm-hmm. it, is it that, okay, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to get that affirmation or get that great comment. And not that all of that's bad in and of itself, but it's a great filter to run it through mm-hmm. because it really gets to the heart and your yeah. motivation on why do you want this thing? Mm-hmm. And it helps you to make the decision like better next time. You know, we're always trying to be better, especially after your lives are shaken up like ours have been shaken up this past year. It's like, what can I do better in this next year that I learned from all of these hardships that I just endured? And and like you you said it earlier, but it's true, like quarantine stripped so many comforts from us, right? I mean, so many things that we thought we had to rely on. And that was a beautiful part. And for, Mm -hmm. as Americans, we live in this culture that our stuff is our identity. It is. Mm -hmm. It's what people, they see the car you drive, they see the house you live in, the clothes you wear. I mean, it is us. And so, and, and so it's a really, really healthy exercise to say, okay, if all these things are stripped from me, who am I? Mm-hmm. Because I've realized in my life, I'm like, the things that I can't purchase are the things that I, over probably the past nine months, I have valued so deeply. Yeah. My marriage, my family, my health, mm-hmm. my friendships, like the mm-hmm. things you can't buy. And I really have worked recently. I'm like, I want to put my energy to, towards that stuff. Not that the great house with my fun carpet in my closet <laughs> is great like and it. wonderful. I love it. But at the end of the day, I'm like, man, you know, 
it's like the old saying, you know, when you die, there's not a, a hearse of stuff doesn't mm-hmm. follow, or, you know, the, the, the box yeah. car of, of stuff doesn't follow the hearse. So there's, there's a place where we can put our, yeah. our value and identity. Mm-hmm. And you were just talking about like, you know, the, those learned things. And she talks about in the book, these money classrooms and what is it? Anxious, unstable, unaware, unaware and secure and secure and I love it how you put a name to all these things because they help me to remember them as a parent sometimes if I'm which my children are one and two but I know they're going to start noticing they already notice things now but around spending and money and different things in a couple years so it's like whenever I'm doing a certain thing I can put a a name to it now and I, I love that about this book too and you talk about too like you know, we were just talking about our Enneagrams and like how we're just wired a certain way. And I've heard you talk about too, how the experiences versus things. Yes. And, and how you and Winston are, are different. And so sometimes it causes you to kind of clash. And I think there's a chapter in the book where you're talking about like you rented some documentary or something and you, you were talking about <laughs> how like you love cable and like the streaming service. And it's something that you guys disagree on. And even though you are under the Ramsey umbrella where people think you've just really got it going on with money. You talk about how you still kind of butt heads over it. If you have different values around it, can you talk about that? Because I bet a lot of people listening to this are like, yeah, but my husband does this. So I can never get out of debt or a lot of husbands, especially probably are like, (laughs) Oh, well my wife, she can't stop with the shoes or the Amazon. That's right. That's right. Um, So when you're different, when you differ in these ways that you're wired, what then kind of like if you want to get on the same page with money is it just you you take one step and one step is it communication is it yes. how do you kind of get on the on the same page so that you don't keep going down the same rabbit holes totally so to speak well there's kind of two buckets I always think about specifically with couples so there's the value system of money. So Winston mm-hmm. and I agree on our values around money. We mm-hmm. agree that we are we we long to be outrageously generous. We agree that debt's not going to be part of our life. We agree that we're going to live on a plan month to month. We do a budget every month. Mm-hmm. We 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 save X amount into retirement. You know, every year. So like these values and principles uh, are the same. So if you disagree with your spouse on the value of that the values of money, mm-hmm. then that is a conversation because it's going to be really hard to win financially when you have different values. Like you joked about, but it is so true. Like how many couples say, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get out of debt, but my husband won't get on board and he still racks up credit card debt. I'm like, girl, you're trying to, you're trying to dig out, climb out of a hole mm-hmm. and he's digging out the bottom. Like mm-hmm. mathematically, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. So like the value system is really crucial for couples mm-hmm. to get on some page. And then that, that's where the money, the big money fights, money problems, the divorce comes into play is because you can't get these values lined up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's big. And then we have the tendencies. And that's what I talk about in the book are these yes. seven money tendencies. And these I loved writing about because like we said earlier, money can be a shameful topic for a lot of people. There is a There can be a level of guilt and regrets and all of this and, and a right and wrong and mm-hmm. black and white. And for the tendencies, I was like, I don't want to right and wrong. Like, it's just kind of who you are. Now, the extremes of these tendencies can be very unhealthy. Yeah. You don't want the extremes, but just who you are. So are you a spender or a saver? Neither one's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Don't go to extreme on both ends, mm-hmm. but you can be, you can naturally be bent towards one or the other. Yeah. Uh, quality over quantity. I am bent towards quantity. Mm-hmm. I would, I'd like to have 80 pairs of cheap <laughs> Amazon earrings. Be I love great. that. And I'm the opposite. You know, I'm quality. quality. I would rather have a pair of diamond studs yes. than 600 pairs of earrings there you over go. my lifetime. And yeah. neither one's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. But for me, I can justify purchases for that coat, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's just $15. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. But what's that doing to my soul? I have to watch that. And then quality, my husband's quality uh-huh. very much. He's like, give me two nice pairs of boots. 
but they're going to be the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I'm like, well, what if it's not the best of the best? Yeah. You got to watch that side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, one is, you said it earlier, but experiences are things. Yeah. When you spend money, do you tend to spend it on experience, mm-hmm. which is me? Mm-hmm. I will spend money on the zoo. I love going to the zoo with my kids. Mm-hmm. I love vacation. Mm-hmm. I love going out to eat to a great dinner. Like mm-hmm. I will drop some money to do those things where my husband, oh, he's things like yeah. to a T. He's like, no, if I work hard and we spend money, I want this item to enhance my life. Like uh-huh. I want to be able to reuse it uh-huh. over and over again. So whether it's a gadget or a car, whatever, he's like, no, I want to be able to use, I want to use my money kind of thing. And so even this morning we were talking about something and it's kind of, a, it was kind of, it's a bigger purchase mm-hmm. and it's more of an experience. And he literally said this morning, babe, he was like, I, I don't know if I can swallow the price tag. He's like, because I, <laughs> I can just think of how many things I can buy with, uh-huh. that. <laughs> with yeah. that amount of money. And it's just gone, Rachel. It's evaporated. Like what I want to spend it on. I'm like, it's not evaporated, babe. It's going to be the most amazing experience yeah. ever. I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> so it is. It's it's so different. So there. So when you are different on those things, because that's going to be very normal. You're going to be very opposite, probably, of your spouse yeah. on these things. Yeah. So th- th- yeah, there's an element that again, when it goes unhealthy, we need to call that out in each other. Mm-hmm. And there's an element of compromise of like, hey. Okay, maybe we won't do this big experience that I want this month. But hey, in, in two months, I would yeah. love to be able to do X or Y. But the idea is just talking about it. Communicating, And yeah. you're a team. And that's my big thing with marriage and money is that money becomes a wedge. It like almost becomes the center. It, it gets in between yeah. couples. It's like a spouse, money, a spouse. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You guys need to put money on the other side of the room, lock mm-hmm. arms and say it's us mm-hmm. against it. So how are we going to work together as a that. team? I like the the grace scale that you talk about, I think, in the book, where you're like, there's a fine line between if someone has a really unhealthy money habit, say someone is gambling or spending and spending and spending, dang credit cards, spending and spending and spending, you have to call that out or else they're digging the bottom out. And you talk about the grace scale and you talk about how, how, hey, we're Christian people that like believe that forgiveness is a thing, but there, there are certain things that if you keep forgiving and forgiving and forgiving, w- talk a little bit about that because you talk about like, that's, that's not it. That's not the forgiveness thing because you're not helping that person out. You're not helping your family out. You're not going toward this long-term <laughs> life plan that you want. And I, I thought that was a cool part of the book. And I liked that, you know, you listed some excuses, I think, after that, that like yes, people yes. will say, but talk <laughs> a little bit about that. Cause I, I loved that. Yes. Well, the, the reality is, is that no one's perfect with money, right? I mean, you can be in my seat and teach about it for a decade and you're still going to mess up. Mm-hmm. Like you're still going to make mistakes with money. So having grace for each other and for yourself is really important. So mm-hmm. that scale is on one end, like you're saying, if it's just, if it's too much grace and again, not, we're not talking about salvation. Like, like, <laughs> like someone was like, there's never, there's endless amounts of grace that Jesus gives us. I was like, yes, he did. Absolutely. I'm not Jesus. We're not talking about that. We're talking about money and money mistakes. Oh, and so being able to say, yeah, if that same mistake is made over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and you keep saying, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. That person is not being changed. Mm-hmm. That person is not being refined. That person is not understanding mm-hmm well, I have to actually change my behavior. And so you end up enabling. So mm-hmm. that side of the scale is, is enabling. And people listening, you may think, oh my gosh, my mom does that with my older brother. Mm-hmm. She just enables, she just gives them Everybody money. And he does work. Yeah, everyone has, 
and enablers are the nicest people, Mallory. Like you I meet know. an enabler and you love them because you're like, oh my gosh. And they'll give so you their shirt yeah. if you don't have one. That's right. There's if you a- burned yours in the front yard or something really <laughs> stupid with it, they'll be like, take mine. That's right. That's, that's right. <laughs> I know. They're the kindest people. And then on the other end of it is is legalistic, right? Mm. Uh, the legalism when it comes to money that every little dollar of the budget. And if you, if you spend $22 over this category. Oh, and it's like, and people, and they, and they make, they, they value rules over relationship Mm. and legalistic people are draining. If you've been Mm -hmm. in a legalistic relationship and you don't do X, Y, and Z exactly how they think it should be done, it's exhausting. You can never, you're never good enough for those people. And so it's funny because in my line of work, people that are hardcore Ramsey people, they tend to be legalists. Yeah. So I have to be like, chill out, chill <laughs> out. You have to calm down because they take it to the nth degree. Yeah. I'm like, no, you're losing your life and you're like, no, breathe. So again, these extremes we don't want. Yeah. But that middle is to say, hey, we're all going to mess up. And yeah. forgiveness has yeah. to be part of the equation mm-hmm. um, on both ends. And, yeah. and, and, and I think and you probably know about this too, because I'm, I'm sure you wrote about it in your new book, mm-hmm. which I can't <laughs> wait to hear about. Um, but, but how you treat yourself is how you treat other yes, people as well. Yes. So there's, there's an element there that if you mm-hmm. have a hard time extending grace to people, you probably have a hard time extending it to yourself. Mm-hmm. I was done writing the book and I asked my audience and I was like, I have three chapters like that, that are kind of up in the air of this last chapter. And I ask my audience, what do you feel gets in your way of living fully the most? And of the thousands and thousands mm. of responses, I would say 75 to 80% were fear. Wow. And I was like, man, fear is still such a thing. And fear is such a thing still with money. And that's why I love it that you devote so much of this book to fear. Because fear is a very emotional thing. And this is an emotional money book, in my <laughs> opinion. So you talk about how fear can actually be a gift, yes. which I, I love. And I talk about that in my book, too. So I just want to talk a little bit about fear, because I'm sure a lot of people have a lot of fear if they are in debt, that they're never going to be able to get out of debt, that they're going to pass that on to their kids, that they're not going to be able to give their kids a life that they want. Fear around what is the the world going to do uh, coming off of this pandemic and fear is there going to be more stimulus checks is there around a lot of things so can we dive into fear and just how does fear affect affect you so deeply that it's something that you just you can't get out of yes and you're still making that bad yeah. decision over and over fear it's interesting because for a while I always just heard the word fear and just oh it's bad it's bad it's bad it's mm-hmm. bad you know and I read the book have you read the book voice of the heart by Dr. No, Chip but Dodd. I heard you talk about that. Oh okay, I'm going to write that down. It right is now. so. Who's a baggin? Dr. Chip Dodd. Okay. And he, oh, he's, it's so great. So he, so one part of the book, and I actually ended up getting his number and calling him because I was like, I want to interview <laughs> you for this part of the book because uh. I love what he says. He says, yeah, fear can actually, it can actually be a gift from God mm. because fear is your body's literal response that you are in need of something. Mm-hmm. Now, side note, when fear goes to paralyzing, mm-hmm or it goes into anxiety, that's unhealthy. Yeah. That That's not good fear. We don't want yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But when you have this, this, this fear, a money fear that kind of rises up, listen to it. Because for a lot of people, women specifically, their number one financial fear is the lack of security. Mm-hmm. That if something happens, are we going to be okay? And I talked about that a lot over the years. And then pandemic hits, right? 2020 comes into our yeah. life. And, and that fear became realized for a lot of people. And yeah. so, like we said earlier, if you're one of those stats that you're living paycheck to paycheck, you are going to have fear that, mm-hmm. wow, how am I going to make, but so listen to that. What is that fear telling you? It's telling you the place you are now is not a good spot. Yeah. That if something changes 
in your life, like you miss one paycheck, you can't cover your expenses. Okay, let that fear motivate you to say, okay, I'm gonna put things in place. Maybe I actually will save and have an emergency fund. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is gonna force me to say, okay, I don't need bill, I don't need debt. I'm gonna get completely out of debt so I don't have any, any, I don't owe anyone anything. Like let that fear motivate you because that can be good. So finding the things that, okay, this is a gift, listen to it. Now, again, when it goes paralyzing or anxiety, it keeps you up at night, like, oh, that we don't want that fear. But but the fear, that that initial knee-jerk reaction, be able to name it and then speak truth to it. So my fear that those few nights during the pandemic that we're going to lose everything and be homeless, like, <laughs> was irrational, right? Yeah. Like, that, that, that is not logical. And so my truth had to speak to me is, Rachel, let's just say the worst, the worst, the worst, the worst hits. You know what? I've got a husband that adores me and I adore him. We have great kids and we're going to figure it out. Yeah. That's the truth of it. Mm-hmm. But also the truth. the truth is, it's we're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I need and I need to lean on that truth. So speaking truth over the situation. But again, yeah. for some people, the truth is, oh well, I need an, I need to bring in an income. Okay. That's going to be your fire. Uh-huh. Let that let that fire and let's go let's go figure out something yeah. that we can do. So there's that there's a fear like you said earlier, but of you know, these external yeah. forces are kind of outside of my control. So whether it's an election, DC, the pandemic, people wring their hands. And I went through a season of this during the pandemic where you just watch the news 24 seven. Yeah. And you just think, oh my God, yeah. the world's coming to an end. And you, and you get, par- and you're paralyzed and it's all consuming. And I thought, Rachel, stop it. Mm-hmm. Stop it. What are the things I can control? You know what? I can control my work ethic. Mm-hmm. I can control the money that is coming in mm-hmm. and choosing what to do with the income. And maybe it is, hey, we press pause on things we were going to spend mm-hmm. as much just to play it safe, see what happens. Mm-hmm. We can control the people we hang out with what's being fed into our minds. Mm-hmm. Like there are things you can control in yeah. life. And so focusing on those versus wringing your hands on things you can't control. You yeah. can't control half the stuff that's going on in DC. So stop being fearful about it. Mm-hmm. Figure out what you can do in your own life. And yeah. so it's those kinds. So yeah, there's six money fears that I walk through. But the thing about it is knowing yourself and knowing your money, it it, it affects the way people handle their money and they view it. So that's yeah. why it's important to understand the fear and be able to speak truth around it. Mm-hmm. There is nothing more paralyzing than debt in my mm. opinion it is it's fear is paralyzing but debt is also paralyzing to yeah. a lot of people so much so that I feel like people can't even be in the same room with it and so they just don't even think about it and they just keep on kind of brushing under the rug brushing under the rug brushing under the rug so for the people that are listening to this podcast that have debt which are probably most people and a lot of times for good reason like they have a degree or you know what yeah you know not to say that debt is a good thing but I know that debt is unavoidable to a lot of people. So to the people that have debt, whether it be $10,000 or $500,000 or $500, what is your advice to them? I've heard you guys with your very practical advice, and I want you to give that, but also like the emotional part of it too. Well, the way you just described that, right? That, oh, you have that, Mallory. I I could never. Mm -hmm. I could never. And in that, hearing that type of response, it's not that they're longing for that specific item. Maybe it is. There's probably a portion percentage of that answer that's like, oh, I just really want to drive that awesome mm-hmm. car. There's also an idea of, wow, I can never be free enough and have the amount of margin in my life to be able to buy something I just want. Yeah. And so when you live under that, there's a there's a level of hope that is lost. Mm-hmm. And when you lose hope, that's the biggest red flag. That's going to be the biggest mm-hmm. blocker in your money journey. When you believe that there's just no way out. 
And so you have to realize wow. that you, some people are in a deeper hole than others debt wise. Some people are bringing in more money. Some people are not bringing in as much like all, the math formula, right? It can be different for everyone, but having the human condition and the spirit to say, you know what? I have the ability to make a choice. Yeah. I have choices in my life I can make. Mm-hmm. And if I don't like where I am right now with my money, I'm going to have to change the way I handle it to get a different result, right? Mm-hmm. The definition of, exa- of of insanity is doing the same, same thing, thing over, over and over, over again. Expecting a different result. That's right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so you have to change. So when you have the point in your life, and for some people, I don't think pain has to be the only teacher. I think it's a thorough teacher. <laughs> yes, it is. But it's not the only teacher. Mm-hmm. But I think people get to a point where they say, you know what? I'm done. I'm, I'm through the pandemic. It's 2021. And I'm done. Like I, I'm not comparing my life to Mallory in an unhealthy way, but I, I, I aspire to have mm-hmm. a better life. I just, I want to enjoy my life more than I do now. Mm-hmm. And money is a tool that allows me to do that. And so where I am now is not allowing that to happen mm-hmm. and to have the hope to say, okay, I'm going to be uncomfortable, make changes in my life today that I'm not going to like, because yeah. to get out of debt, we'll talk about it in a second. Tactically, you're going to have to make some sacrifices. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, mm-hmm. it's not gonna be fun for a yeah. short period of time, but I'm going to choose to make changes in my life and be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because I have hope that what I'm changing to is better than my present. Yes. And to say, I'm going to change, but, but change is hard, right? Like I, I have three kids and I took all the, so you got your fancy SUV on the driveway. (laughs) I saw it and I thought, girl, uh," and I looked, and I looked at a few of those SUVs and I thought, but I'll be honest. I was like, I can't, because I know how I live in my cars and they're not pretty. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I can't swallow mm-hmm. my mom, my cool mom car right now. <laughs> but in five, when, when, when Charles goes to kindergarten, I told him to the day he walks in that little, that little elementary school, I'm going to go to the car lot and get my cool mom SUV. Yeah. Because Valerie, we got a minivan. I got a minivan. You know for what? My five years. Rachel, <laughs> I was going to drive, I, I, I was going to test drive a minivan. We got to the Escalade dealership and you know, those 2021s, they were like gone. People are waiting for six months and a deal had fallen through 15 minutes before we got there and I was like oh that was probably meant to be <laughs> that's like driving a bus though but I was like this is gonna be my family car for like years and years and yes, years yes no because you need I just it's amazing need, but no. I was gonna look at the minivan oh, no. I no, swear I was gonna cool. look at you're I probably cool. wouldn't fall <laughs> but I was so. gonna look at it <laughs> So I got my minivan. What? Oh yeah, that's my story. You so, also have so. your cool car, okay? You drove up in your cool car. I do. I do have my like. Yes, that's uh-huh, fair. That's fair. Uh-huh, my kid car uh-huh. is my minivan, and so I so I took all the car seats out of the minivan because I was like I had to clean it up because there's mm-hmm. gold. Fi- I mean, oh gross. Just oh, I know. Everywhere. I know the it's things disgusting. that get it's in disgusting. the car. <laughs> and so I put the car seats back in and I flipped two of them. So uh-huh. Caroline, my three year old, was on the other side and Charles's car seat was on the other. So we get into load up to go to preschool and she has this meltdown and she's like, I'm on the wrong side of the van, mama. This is not my side of the van. This is over there. And I'm like, Caroline, it doesn't matter. It's the same car seat. Put get in the car seat. <gasps> and she just she lost it. And I thought, even as a three-year-old, she hates change. Yeah. Right? <laughs> because she's it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable looking out this side of the window. No, 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 I'm supposed to be over there. I'm supposed to have mom right behind me. Like, I'm uncomfortable. So all that to say, everyone, when you're changing your money habits, you're gonna be uncomfortable. Yes. And you're gonna be, you're gonna mess up. It's not gonna be perfect. Mm-hmm. But that, when you're uncomfortable, you're growing, you're growing. So, mm. so I would say answer, that was a very long winded answer, but no, but that was say, really, don't really, lose hope. That was really and good. That you have the ability to change yes. and the change will be uncomfortable. Uh huh. And I love the piece about hope because I truly believe, I don't know if you believe this, you probably do too. Just knowing the person that you are, I believe anyone could do what I do. And I believe anyone could be as successful in any category, any person that listening to this, I do believe yes, that. Yes. I, and I believe that every single person can build a really amazing 
brand or company or or elevate themselves in their job. I believe everyone can do that. I don't think I got some kind of special thing that somebody else doesn't have. Of course, some things make me different. and, And, but like, I think everybody listening to this could do that. And so I love it that you talked about hope and like the loss of hope in that, because sometimes people want to throw the baby out with the bathwater and they want to just be like, well, I could never, well, I could never. That's something I hear all the time. And as a person who really is passionate about people living their fullest lives mm. and living these big lives in the one life that we have on earth, that's the thing that I hate to hear the most. And I used to like make excuses and be like, well, I did it and I did And I was like, no, it's not about that. Mm. They, it's, it's about like what is going to inspire hope in you enough for you to make these changes. And I love it that you talked about hope. Okay. So yes. now on to the tactical part of getting out of the debt. Yes. Like that you yes. said that because that's, <laughs> that is part of it. That's the 20%. Oh, hundred percent. Oh, you got to yeah. know. You got, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're going to understand this 20%. Mm-hmm. Now doing it, the 80% is going to be hard, mm-hmm. but you can do it. Yeah. So number one, just get a thousand dollar emergency fund. Mm-hmm. So save that up. For some people, you already have it. For some people, you're going to be like, what? Thousand dollars? Listen. You can, you can do this. You so can that's first. Sell something. Yeah. Get some extra income, whatever you can. Get $1,000. And then you're going to start working your way out of debt. So you're going to do it smallest amount to largest amount, regardless of the interest rate. Okay. Because again, we're not doing math here. It's behavior change. So getting that small win first is going to be crucial because what that does is that builds hope. Yes. To say, oh, I can do this. Even if it's a $400 Nordstrom card mm-hmm. and you rack, you know, you bought a pair of shoes, just kind of kept it, kept it around mm-hmm. and that bill keeps coming every month. Mm-hmm. You just kind of just pay the minimum payment. Pay it off. Mm-hmm. If that's your smallest, you pay it off. You're like, wow, I did it. Okay. Very easy. And then Very you go to the next one. To and you go to the next one, the yeah. next one, next one. And what happens is not only will you have them, you'll pay minimum payments on everything. Sorry, I don't want you to get behind on that. So pay minimum payments on all your debt and attack that smallest one first. Okay. Then once it's paid off, you take everything you were paying on that and roll it over to the second smallest. So you're going to go through this journey. But when you're on this, the more you sacrifice your lifestyle, the faster you're going to get out of debt. Mm-hmm. The more you say, you know what? We're not going out to eat. We're not going on vacation. We're not doing anything. Any extra money I have, if I get a bonus from work, if I make an extra income on the side, if I get uh, a tax refund that comes in, like mm-hmm. any extra money. A stimulus check. I heard so many people be like, what am I going to do with my stimulus check? And I'm, you wonder what their financial situation is because you're like, oh, that behavior didn't change because you're looking at what you can buy. Do you have a <laughs> Right? No, you seriously. Know? It magnifies the problem. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So putting any extra money you have and, and as you work your way out, and we find that people are getting completely out of debt in 18 to 24 wow. months. Wow. So no just matter think, like the... On average. So on, for some people, average. it takes okay. longer. 18 to 24 months. Some people take shorter. Some people do it nine months, depending well, on and what I it love is. the And I love following along with your, with your Instagram where people are holding up those, you know, oh, little know. boards being awesome. like, out of debt. And, but that's such a, wow. Like you, you look at the, the looks on their faces and you read about the stories. I've, I've read and listened to you talk about so many stories and so much hope that, that is born from all of these sacrifices. And is it like... The, is the freedom that you are sacrificing really like worth what is what's worth more like going out to eat on the weekends or this amazing financial freedom and a while ago I said easy not like oh easy pay off it I meant easy as in easy steps oh yeah one thousand dollars one thousand dollars in a savings and then paying minimum payments while you're starting lowest to highest yep and one build the hope and roll that over two and then and yep. just and Keep going. That's right. That's right. Keep going. And and it's it so funny too for a lot. So a lot of people they have their debts because maybe it was poor planning, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like, wow, I just keep overdrafting, or I, I I didn't plan for this bill, and it's just you know. But when you start to do this, you start to wow. You really do buckle down, and the more yeah. detailed you are, the more you see the progress, which is amazing. For some people, they were in debt because they just bought a bunch of crap they didn't need with money they didn't have, mm-hmm. and you start to realize, wow, 
this stuff just owns me. And that's for a lot of Americans. I mean, it really is. The poor planning is a big part, but also it's just, it's stuff. It it's is just stuff, stuff. but it I takes know. your life, but it takes people's lives. It, and so you have to reverse that. You guys, you have to reverse that. Again, nice stuff is not bad. It's not bad at all. But when that stuff owns you, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. You know, I, I cleaned out yesterday. Um, I cleaned out my garage and my attic and I'm just looking at the stuff in there in the, in the clear boxes. I can see it through the clear boxes <laughs> yeah. and I keep looking at it and I just look at it and I just think, ah, it really, like I wore it one time. And oh, I know. Girl. I didn't even like, why, why are we wired like that? Like why do we do that? Even though we can logically know we're not going to like it in like two months. Why are we like that? But it's just, it's the human brain. It's always going back to baseline. It's like those habits are hard to break. Yes, so it's so true. It if you so are true. a person that has bad money habits, how do you, how do you change those? We just talked about the very tactical way of like getting out of debt. But if it's like a habit, okay. How do you, I mean, I know we've talked about it the whole podcast, but yeah. can you simplify? Because I, that's what a lot of this book is about. Yes. It's like us. Yes, people. I heard someone say, and I wish I had it before I turned in the manuscript because I was like, that's so fascinating. And I cannot remember who it was because I hate that I'm not giving credit to the person. But they said it's the four whys. If you ask why four times, you usually get to a root problem. Oh. So, okay, I want to buy these pair of earrings from Amazon. Why? Uh, I don't know because it kind of feels fun to get a package in the mail and they're cute. Uh Okay, why? Uh, because I need something exciting going on in my life uh-huh. right now. And I think I'm going to get compliments on them. Okay. Why? Like you ask why, and you start to realize, Four man, times. my, yes. And you get to the motivation. Cause what you realize with money is a lot of life's problems masquerade themselves as money problems. Mm-hmm. So people mm-hmm. think I have a debt problem. People think I have a budgeting problem. People think I have, you know, X, yeah. Y, and Z problem. And those are usually the symptom. It's usually mm-hmm. a deeper issue. There's a contentment problem. There's a problem with, again, lack of planning and organization because you don't want to face the facts. There's a problem of avoidance. Like there's, there are deeper issues in your life, but it's coming out as a money issue. Mm-hmm. So, so to change your money habits, again, that's what the whole book is. It's, mm-hmm. I'm like getting to that root problem. That's what I would want for people. So do your four whys about things like, man, I have a lot of debt. Well, why? Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, and start asking these questions around your money habits and you can start to get to that root. And when you start to understand that, then, the, then you just see it and you can never unsee it, right? So any Amazon purchase, we laugh about Amazon, but I'm like, yeah. anything I see, I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, okay. It, it, that, that flag has been raised and, yeah, I, and it's the awareness of it. And I huge. love it how it's so simple. Just like when you just talked about getting out of debt and, and saving, it's so simple. Ask the why four times. And I was just thinking in my head while you were saying that, I was like, oh my gosh, that is really genius. Like I'm going to, I'm going to use that. I know. Who, I got to figure out who this person who is. Who said I that? I don't know. I keep quoting you him. Said it. You said it. Rachel Cruz said that. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel said it. Genius. Genius. <laughs> genius. She is a genius. What are your three pieces of advice to young people listening to this podcast then around money? Because that, that was just a question that I just now, just now thought of. No, that's a great one. Um, a lot of people are young listening to this. Yes. I would say, number one, be intentional. I think the biggest mistake people make is they just they're not intentional. They get mm-hmm. around to April 15th to do taxes and they think, where did all my money go? Mm-hmm. I made all this money. I have no clue. You know, it's just, and that is, mm-hmm. that is life. So okay. being intentional, which is the budget monthly. Yep. So knowing what you're doing, uh, we've been saying it, but it's true. Avoiding debt, mm-hmm. like just on the mathematic, like we can talk the emotional side of debt, but the mathematical side of debt is versus having car payments and credit card bills. If you just invest that, 
over a long period of time, you will retire a millionaire. Mm -hmm. Like the average car payment is $563. And if you put that in just a mutual fund mm -hmm. from 20 to, to, to 60 years old, you could do the math on any calculator, right? I mean, with 10% growth, you're going to have two to $3 million sitting that in accounts. So, wild. so like, so the math side of not being in debt is in your favor, as well mm -hmm. as the emotional side, which we talked about the emotional side a lot here. Uh, and then number three, I, I would probably say give, be in a habit mm -hmm. of giving. Like even if you don't, if you have a little or a lot, wherever you are, I, I, I really do. I'm like, it is, we can, we can only buy so much stuff. You know, we're laughing mm -hmm. about stuff in this podcast a lot, but it's true. And the joy you get from buying a car for a single mom and just saying, here you go. It's, it's I mean, truly like, amazing. You will, you will never be able to, mm -hmm. to have that kind of joy with anything else. Mm -hmm. And it, it is, it's an incredible thing. Mm -hmm. I love that you mentioned that. It's something that in my family we've talked about. Yes, and we talked about They this. instilled yeah. that even like as um, my younger cousins and me whenever I was younger, which of course we weren't working, but they would give us money to give. And whether it was like $10 or $100, but then they would also make us like if it was we were giving to St. Vincent de Paul, it's like a local place in our hometown in Kentucky, then they would make us go on Wednesdays and work there so that you see like where oh, your money's amazing. going. Yes. So it's not just like uh, handing over the money and handing over the money. Yes. And that's something that stuck with me and something that as a family, we give a lot. We give a lot that we don't show and don't say, which is funny because we show every part of our lives. Yes. And when people question that or they question mm. a big purchase that I made, I, I always want to say, well, I wish you knew, but it's it's okay because it's for yeah. it's for us. Right, it, right. The feeling from giving is, is that's the pinnacle kind and of. And give to something that you love, right? Yeah. Find something that you're passionate about. And that's mm. the thing about our world today. I'm like, there are so many incredible organizations. Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, if you want to, if you want to help girls get out of sex trafficking, there are organizations mm -hmm. that do that, that are on the front lines, mm -hmm. get plugged into that. If you, I saw one that there's a new ministry that's, they're buying beds or cribs and mattresses and for orphanages. Mm. And I was like, I could, you could write X amount of thousand dollars and that would change mm -hmm. that baby. Oh, foster mm -hmm. care. If you plugging into a foster, anything, right? Find the thing that just makes you come alive. Yeah. And plug into it. Like, it's not fun to be like, okay, I'm just going to give here. Okay. Yeah, no, find something that you love yeah. and you mm -hmm. can plug into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that, um, what you were talking about, like with the, with the hope, it's just like, oh my gosh, I can feel like this from this. And it's like a snowball effect oh, yes. with anything else in, in money. Yeah. And it makes you want to give more. And I like ending it on that, um, giving hopeful note and, and if you guys want to deep dive into Rachel's content, I mean, like we've talked about today, changing your money habits, like can, it will change your life. So, and they talk about like every single case and how you get out of it and into it and how you do things and, and, and wow, the Ramsey family and the lives that you guys are changing. Like I'm going to. I'm going to leave all of Rachel's Instagram and, and Twitter and, and the Rachel Cruz show and everything, um, obviously, in the description of this podcast. But thank you. Oh, Mallory, thanks For so blessing much. my audience today with that. No, thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. I really, really do appreciate it. This glad, is great. Glad the babes are... Are, are healthy and there you and I are have a little less weight we're carrying yeah, around. a little less weight we're carrying around yes so we don't want any of you guys to carry any type of weight around just like we don't want to carry any more physical weight around anymore <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so I'm so glad that uh we got this time together today and then I just got to see you like in I person. know it's always You're so just, fun just really 
I just really like you. Thanks, Valerie. I like you too. <laughs> All right. So thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of Living Fully with Rachel Cruz. I'll leave everything in the description of this podcast. And thank you so much for listening. Tune in next Monday for more. Thanks for joining us on Living Fully with Mallory Irvin. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single minute of encouragement and inspiration to live your best life. Want more? Join us on MalloryIrvin.com so we can connect with you on Instagram and YouTube. Start living your life now. You've only got one. We'll see you next time.